Welcome to your spiritual broadcast with David Goddard. This podcast is about everything occult, alchemy, Kabbalah, angelic magic, ritual, and so much more. Join David Goddard and Benjamin Phillips as we explore the world of true spiritual living, dedicated to a better world. David is a spiritual teacher and author. He teaches worldwide and is the spiritual director of the Rising Phoenix Foundation. Here's David Goddard and me, Benjamin Phillips, with your spiritual broadcast. Hello, David. How are you? Hello, Benjamin. I'm very well, thank you. I've just come back from the States. Uh -huh, yes. How are you doing? How are you doing? All very good, thank you very much. Um, spring is here, so things are blossoming. It's looking, looking very nice. Uh, definitely yes. a change from from the winter, as spring is always. Anyhow, let us jump right in. Today's subject is zombies. Now, it's, I mean, there's so many movies running around nowadays also about zombies and number of books that I'm aware of about the subject. Um, but I, I think if you look back at sort of where zombies come from, it's something that comes up in voodoo and voodoo talks a lot about zombies. Um, so I'm wondering if you can maybe shed some light on the background of voodoo and of zombies in particular for our listeners and see where this leads us. Surely I'd be delighted to. But first I want to tell you a little anecdote. Sometimes I'm consulted by people with various problems, and I'm going back a good 20 years ago now, was there was a, um, a young woman from Haiti, which is the kind of cradle of Voodoo, as it's known, and her husband, her father was a senior Hogan. That's like a Voodoo high priest of the, um, mm -hmm. what's called white Voodoo. Right. And um, anyway, she, she would come to me because her father had said to her, when you're in Britain, it's white man's magic, therefore you need to go and see David. <laughs> Not very PC language, but there is a great point to it, of course. Um, so anyway, that's how I first came into touch with. And then, of course, later on, going to Africa, Nigeria, Egypt, South Africa, you go back more to the sources from which Vudan mm. sprang. Mm -hmm. Vudan came over with the slaves into the Caribbean region. And they brought two pantheons of gods with them. Um, as I said, it's better known for, for Haiti. Haiti is a very interesting thing in world history because it was the first place where there was a slave revolution where the black, black slaves overthrew their French masters hmm. and they made the first republic. Right. In fact, I think early on, though it's not PC nowadays, it was actually called itself the Negro Republic of Haiti. Okay. It's had a dreadful history. Of course, we all know about it from those dreadful earthquakes and things mm, mm. that went on a few years ago. But it's always had a dreadful history. It's... it's as far as I know, it's never had a decent president. They all get into power. They all get the money which they put into into um, Swiss banks. bank accounts, yeah, exactly. and then they move to their mecca, which of course is Paris, 
because they're French speaking, to Paris, where they lived the life of Riley. Mm. Well, it, seems like a, it seems like that's probably the MO of most politicians, regardless of origin, but in any case. Well, that's true. That's another true. subject for another day. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and some of them are d downright sinister. The, one of the most recent ones um, was, of course, Papadoc Duvalier, who was known for being a, a bokor, that's a voodoo sorcerer, okay. a practitioner of voodoo black magic. Hmm. Um, and he terrorized the people both with his um, security police and with his whole arsenal of um, sorcery and blood magic and things like that. Um, so there we are. Uh, the religious rites themselves came over, as I say, with the slaves. And it's a mixture of the Congo and Dahomey. And um, quite interesting, of course, is uh, when they came over, um, there was no art. Mm. That's changed somewhat in the past 20 years, but mm. originally there wasn't. So, for example, the head of the um, one of the two major pantheons, Dambala, Dambala Wido, mm -hmm. which is actually a serpent god. Um, uh, they used to represent him by statues of St. Patrick. Because if you've oh. ever seen a Catholic statue of St. Patrick, uh -huh. he has his foot on a serpent. So they used to take statues of Catholic saints and actually use them to represent their own deity. So Izuli, who was one of the most erotic figures in the voodoo pantheon. Yeah. They they represented by statues of the Virgin Mary. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's very confusing when you see a voodoo altar. You could think they're being very Catholic and things, and in fact, uh, they're using it in a, a different bit, way entirely. Con yeah, in, the con in contrast. Yeah. yeah. But um, some people say, I, I don't subscribe to the belief myself, that um, in the old days, you know, the... the, um, the uh, the old, the old witches, the old wise ones in the medieval period would again use some kind of thing of St. Patrick to represent the horned lord because he had a bishop's mitre, which is divided into two horns. Okay. And again, a statue of the Virgin Mary to represent the moon mother. Mm. Um, I don't subscribe to the view. It's highly suspicious, but still, it fits in at least with the voodoo where it did right. happen. Yeah. Okay. So... Having done a bit of research uh, leading up to our, our call today um, and having read a bit about it, you know, you always, well, not always, you see a lot of drumming and dancing involved in films of voodoo and voodoo ceremonies. I mean, why is there such an emphasis on that in a way? Well, primarily it's because of what they're um, they're what they do, what they're seeking to do, which is um, Voodoo focuses on trance worship. The idea is that people, um, by dancing into an ecstatic state, hmm. will become possessed by the gods of the Voodoo faith. In fact, they refer to people, when it happens, as they're being ridden by the god, Mm. And um, when they, once the god possesses them, uh, they call their gods the lower. Once the lower have possessed them, then of course um, they hope that healings can take place, favors can be given, 
uh, foretellings, prophecies of the future, etc. All the reasons why people go to gods. Right. But they use the drumming as the way of entering into that particular state. State of mind, okay. Um, so it obviously is not a religion to, to use in areas where there is sound <laughs> privation. <laughs> you can't get well, away with it. You've got a complaining neighbour, yeah. You've neighbours. Now, that, it has spread in other ways too, because um, remember, the slave culture went throughout North America, but also down into South America too, mm. where, the, where the Portuguese and the Spanish are slaves. And so you find two cults there, Cadomble and Macumba, mm. both in South America, and they very similarly use ecstatic drumming right. for the purposes of entering into a trance state. Okay. This, this method has even seeped into, um, I suppose you could call it the black Christian worship. You know, very often when you see um, uh, Negro spirituals and, and, and gospel things, it can verge building up to ecstatic states. You may hear the lovely singing, but it, often if you watch the worship, it's then getting on to Pentecostalism, being taken over and speaking in what they believe to be tongues. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, this is even more developed. Um, I'm thinking here of the cherubim and so from church that started out in Africa, from Nigeria, I think, mm. um, which is a strange mix of, um, you could say, the method of Vudan, right? Um, uh, using the same kind of methods, doing the doing the, uh, the sacred patterns on the ground, and here they're they're saying they're being possessed by angels rather than by lower, but the behaviour is the same and mm. things. And that spread quite fast. I mean, you'll find it in South Africa hmm. um, and in Birmingham, I think, in England too. It's, you know, taken hmm. on quite a, a thing. Hmm. Yeah. Curious. Wow. Hmm. It is, really. Um, so, sort of one question that's always been nagging at me, and I think this is as good a platform as any to ask it. Uh, are all voodoo practices generally the same? And, and with zombies, you know, how does that tie into the whole? Mm. Mm. Um, there are two major distinctions. As I said, they bring over two pantheons. Mm. And it is very, very kind of cut down the middle where one was regarded as good and benign and the others are regarded as dark and fearful. Right. Um, and just the same as like you would see in the Roman Empire, you know, when there was worship of the bright gods of Olympus. But if you had it in for somebody and wanted to get revenge or whatever, mm. you would invoke the, the gods of the underworld, you know, Hecate and the others, you know. Hmm. So in the... Um, uh, Vudan pantheon, there are there are the the Rada and the Petra. The Rada, that's the kind of benign ones. Okay. Uh, their principal chief is I just mentioned Dambala, Dambala Wida, um, and um, there are several other deities. And there's the one who's regarding, who always has to be appreciated before any ceremony can take place. Uh, Papa Legbo. Um, he's a kind of like a Mercury figure, I suppose, if you looked at some of the Western pantheons. Okay. Um, and the uh, 
the priests of the um, Radha gods, the Hoguns, you know, there's a voodoo temple, a Honfo, and, um, you know, people go there. There's a, there's a, um, the actual temple itself, which has these altars, which, as I say, are very kind of crowded with lots of, um, lots of symbols and things. But there's also the courtyard around because most of the voodoo ceremonies take place in the open mm. because of the drumming and the dancing. Mm -hmm, sure. And the, the um, hogan, and there'll be the high priest or the high priestess or sometimes both. So that's the, pap the um, papaloi, meaning father of the gods. Remember loa okay. is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. father of the gods or the mamaloi. Right. Um, or sometimes the two. They never take place in the ecstatic worship themselves. Huh. It's because if they're trained, they are the directors of the energy and oh, I see. Yes, of what's course. going on. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. It's rather like in the old, old rituals where sacred orgy was a part of it. You would never see the high priest or high priestess involved. Right. Because, because they would be too busy directing the energy raised by mm. the sexual activity. Hmm. So you have the mamaloi and the papaloi. Um... And, you know, people go there and for all the needs that, you know, people turn to their gods for, sickness and more abundance and, you know, to overcome the hardships of life. Mm. Um, but I will say, even though this is called white voodoo, I should point out they still use blood magic by here, but the, here they confine themselves to animal sacrifice. Mm. Um, this is always a very difficult area. I think to verge on the side of generosity, I will say that the culture in Haiti is still actually like parts of France, where you still buy your lunch. You can still go and buy a, a chicken that's alive. Mm. And then you take it home. I mean, we find it appalling, the thought, but you take this live chicken home and cut its head off in your kitchen. And so in that sense, perhaps it's, it's not that the blood sacrifice has a sadism, that it would have if it was practiced by North Europeans. Mm. Anyway, it still does use blood magic in that mm. sense. But then you have the dark um, pantheon, known as the Petro. Um, the head of their pantheon is the dreaded Baron Cimetière, meaning Lord of the Cemeteries, mm. or sometimes called Papa Samidi, Father Saturday, because Saturday is his sacred day, Samedi from the French. And they're dark, they're lords of the cemetery and of the dark magics. Um, and they do use blood magic big time. And in fact, although it would be denied by the tourist board, they do practice human sacrifice as well. Mm. And there are certain similarities in this to, for example, the Sangomas in South Africa. Mm. I mean, I know nowadays it's very fashionable, particularly since the demolition of apartheid, to say all nice things about indigenous native cultures. And you can say that until the cows come home if you like. But I'm not talking as a politician or, or a philosopher. I'm talking as a practical occultist. Mm. Is, you know, in our view, any cult that uses blood sacrifice is not of the light. Mm. I don't care what claims they make. And, you know, um, in the same way that the Sangumas use muti, which means taken from animals, 
painfully while the animal's still alive. Mm. Without the pain, they don't think the medicine has any properties. It's the same in it's the same in Vudam. Mm. I think I even remember telling you the story when it happened. I mean, we know of someone who who believed in that the best way to to heal her um, grandchild was to take the child to the Sangoma, and by the by the end of it, the the child has ended up being completely brain dead and had to be fed through her stomach. And mm-hmm. subsequently, you know, it was years of suffering, and then the child eventually passed away. And it was all down to the fact that whatever the Sankoma had given this child just worsened her condition oh, to sure. the point that she Absolutely. was completely, yeah. you know, vegetable. I know of foul cases of um, a very wealthy black South African man who, when diagnosed uh, of cancer, had his two adult children slowly tortured to death to obtain muti from their pain-wracked bodies. For his own healing, and, the, and their corpses were found in the River Thames in London. Mm, insane. Your spiritual broadcast is sponsored by the Rising Phoenix Foundation. Why not sign up for David Goddard's Letters to Your Spirit? It's free, and once a week you get a spiritually inspiring message to help you on your path of spiritual discovery. Letters to Your Spirit has many giveaways, free programs, and online workshops that is only shared with Rising Phoenix Foundation community members. Go to rpxf.org and sign up today. Okay, anyway, let's get back to... So, we, so, the, so the, the, the practitioners of, um, of the uh, petrogods, the dark ones, they're... Instead of being called a hogan, uh, such a practitioner is known as a bokor. Right. We would say a sorcerer. Mm. You know? Of course, this, these things aren't as easy as they look because very often you get somebody who publicly is a hogan and seems to do white voodoo and people go for the daily stuff. But on certain occasions at night or, you know, secretly with an inner circle, they're actually bokor. Mm. And, pre- and practice the darker aspects. Okay, so how do, having said that, how do zombies then come into this whole... Oh, yeah, zombies. Of course, that's what we're supposed to be talking about, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> we could have almost gone completely off Gone straight past it into yeah. history of Haiti, which is interesting in its own right. Yes. Um, and uh, but one thing about zombies... And the way they're portrayed throughout the film industry these oh, days, God, yes. where they oh. differ from the real thing, mm. is real zombies do not eat human flesh. <laughs> and why well, I just say that because that's how they're portrayed. Well, this is the whole issue, it, isn't it? Though it is true, of course, that often they are fed on uh, scraps from their owners' tables. Right. So that's where the idea comes up of them consuming rubbish. Excuse me. <clears throat> so, zombies are dead p- persons, are thought to be dead persons physically revived through necromancy by a, a bokor. And um, the zombie will remain under the control of the dark sorcerer as their personal slave. 
since they have no will of their own, and they are often used to work in the fields as unpaid workers. Hmm. Um, now, just incidentally, there's also in the Haitian tradition a kind of invisible kind of zombie, a zombie astral that is part of the human soul that can be captured by a bokor and used to enhance the source of its own power. And they will sell specially decorated bottles to clients claiming there's a zombie astral inside for the purposes of luck, healing, business, etc. Hmm. It's also believed that in time, God will take the soul back, and so the zombie is a temporary spiritual entity. This is very similar to King Solomon finding spirits into a brass vessel. Yeah. And before we think it's too you know, removed, it was only last year I visited a sorcerer's temple, and there was a vessel in which a spirit had been trapped, so it is still done. I can't say I approve, but still. Um, the idea of a physical zombie creature is present in some South African cultures too. In some communities, it's believed that a dead person can be zombified by a small child. Uh, um, and as you know, this has led to some dreadful cases of child abuse throughout the mm. African continent. Um, it is said that a spell can be broken by a powerful enough sangoma. It is also believed in some areas of South Africa that witches can zombify a person by killing and possessing the victim's body in order to force it into slave labour. That must be a new verb, I think, zombify. But I'd never come across it before till, till this was being done. And so uh, um, when a person has been made zombie, they... Um, uh, they have very little willpower at all. Their intelligence is completely gone. And so they often just kept in little shacks. Um, and often they're badly whipped because they don't really understand instructions very well. So they get beaten a great deal. They don't last for long. I mean, a few years, probably most. Um, and as I say, they often get thrown by straps and things. And it's, it's usually done for, literally for slave labor. Mm. You, would, you wouldn't see it brought into the cities or something. It would be in the plantations in the hills of the Dominican Republic, and, which is also next door to Haiti. It's on the same mm. island. Yeah. Hmm. So is this all achieved by sorcery, basically? Well, really, it's a combination of sorcery and little-known kind of, uh, well, crime, but also it's to do with um, knowing about, you know, herbs and poisons and things, which has also technically been part of sorcery. Mm. <clears throat> There's a very compelling film, which I recommend to those with strong stomachs, ah. that shows how a lot of this was discovered by a very brave American professor who suffered a great deal, and it's during the time of when Papa Dr. Valier ran it. And it shows a lot of the Voodoo cult. The f it may be based on a book, but I don't know for sure. But certainly the film, The Serpent and the Rainbow, is very, very good. Mm. There's a powder made by the Bokor called Coup Podir, which is used by the Bokor to induce zombification. A marvellous word, mm. zombification. The active ingredient of the powder... Is tetra, tetra do toxin, 
which is produced in the liver and ovaries of certain species of the pufferfish. Hmm. Fugu rupees. And remember, the uh, pufferfish is also... Uh, uh, there's many species of them, but they're also considered a great delicacy in Japan. Mm, I was about to say. But, but because in the Japanese newspapers, every day it reports on the health of the emperor, who despite, you know, the terms for surrender in the Second World War, the Japanese still regard him as their kami, as their national deity. If he's unwell in any size, shape, or form, if it says his imperial majesty has a cold or whatever, nobody will eat pufferfish because there's this assumption that if he's unwell, it's inauspicious times, and therefore you could get bad pufferfish and die. I mean, there you are, but you go for your food. Anyway, this powder that they extract from the pufferfish, um, called uh, TTX for short, it's a neurotoxin, which is about 500 times more potent than cyanide. Hmm. And what it does is it blocks the sodium ion channels that enable nerve and heart cells to produce electrical impulses. In minuscule doses, TTX causes a near-death state in which metabolic functions are depressed so that breathing and pulse rate are undetectable. Total paralysis follows, although the brain and senses remain intact. The victim is thought to be dead and is buried alive. Bear in mind, funerals in Haiti are very fast because of the tropical heat. Mm. And the few cases who have survived, poor darlings, have spoken about their, their sheer terror of being able to hear what's happening to them, the coffin lid and the soil going on them, uh, and being totally incapable of doing anything about it. <clears throat> some say a few days later in the cases I've come across it's usually been that night yeah the Bocor goes back usually with assistance and un, um, unearths the coffin and raises the now zombie hmm. using another powder which contains um, toxic and hallucinogenic compounds from the plant Datura. The Datura family are both known... In fact, one of them is known as the zombie cucumber. Lovely. I'm not sure quite why that's the case. And that powder, when administered, puts the victim into a permanent state of delirium and disorientation. Imagine that, a permanent state oh. of, of disorientation in which they experience delusions, hallucinations. So then he and she can be made to do menial work that does not require much intelligence. Yeah. So that's how the zombie is created. That's downright so appalling. it's not a su it's not a supernatural entity, and that's in in the strict sense of the word. No, yeah, it's obviously induced in it, in more kind of common biological ways. Yes, but there is this idea, of course, of a spirit slave, mm. which in these societies often gets called a zombie. You find it in other forms of dark magic across the world, of course, of spirit entities who are given as slaves to do tasks and of course in those cultures the word zombie wouldn't even be used mm. but still yeah, there, I mean, is a, there just, is an overlap yeah it's just downright appalling mm. um so you just you just touched really on something that came to me now i mean have you heard of something similar to this happening elsewhere well 
in my experience, I've never heard of it in, happening in Europe. But there have been whispers about it in the southern states of the USA. How much of that is due to folks being brought up on the ghost stories of their black nannies? I'm not sure. Mm. And, of course, voodoo has been done. Of course, New, New Orleans was a big voodoo centre mm. mm. until, until the flooding. Right. Huge for hundreds of years. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that confined just to, to there. Um, and I noticed when I was on visiting South Africa, uh, sometimes I would talk to pe some people and they would be very fearful of um, frightening um, uh, other South African citizens who were of a different colour to them. They would be very frightened about it. Um, that they would that they would then go to their sangumas who would then start to curse mm. these white people and things. And you saw the same thing in Kenya with the British there and, and the Mau Mau cult and the leopard men. Um, how much of that is due to, you know, simply nannies telling ghost stories? Mm. You know, how much uh, is due to... Um, I'm, is, is, is an interesting uh, thing to, to examine. My current opinion, notice I say it's current because if you thinking man can change his mind at least twice. Mm -hmm. My current opinion is that because it requires a unique mix of cultural and biological factors, in other words, the culture has to have the milieu towards it. Right. And the biological factors are the temperature of fast burials, the presence of puffer fish and of the various plants it's unlikely to exist out of that area. But I can't say for sure. After all, you know, nowadays, you know, herbs and things are sent all over the world. Mm, and, oh, and yeah. By the way, there is a word. Now, whether it's a bad translation, I'm not the one to say. But I have seen in many, many cases in Tibetan texts, they will use words for certain kinds of creatures that we would translate into... European languages into English anyway as zombies and and as vampires. Hmm. Interesting. Rolong Rolong in Tibetan is meant is translates as, as zombie. Hmm. Yeah, of course. And they mean they mean a reanimated corpse, which tends to be anthropologically how the term's being used. Right. But you can see, in fact, they were never a corpse in the first place. Yeah. But anyway, I can't say for sure because, after all, as we well know. Truth is always stranger than fiction. Absolutely. No, I mean, and I think, you know, I guess very similar to the subject that we touched on about vampires, unfortunately, um, media and the fiction writers, you know, it's fiction, I guess. So they, you know, they end up creating a different collective unconscious in a way around the subject. And it just sticks, like you said, if the nanny tells a story based on fact or fiction, it's the sort of thing that gets into the to the fabric of of the storytelling narrative that yes. people have. Yes, so. it becomes a, becomes a commonly held mm. belief or dream. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, hopefully that sheds some light on the subject of zombies and in turn voodoo. Maybe um, it's helpful to somebody to just understand it a little bit better and also allay fears or, you know, know what's really going on, I guess. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm.
Thank you very much for your time. Um, He's David Goddard. I'm Benjamin Phillips. This is your spiritual broadcast brought to you by the Rising Phoenix Foundation, which is now 10 years old. Thank you very much, David, for that. Um, You can find the show on YouTube. No, sorry, you can't find it on YouTube. What am I talking about? You can find the the, (laughs) the show on iTunes and on Stitcher. He's feeling clairvoyant. I'm feeling clairvoyant. (laughs) And um, although our producer did did mention... What's that clairvoyant doing sitting next to you? I know. Our our producer did mention something about um, YouTube, but um, for the life of me, I still can't really make sense sense out of it. But um, we'll see where that goes. Um, Please subscribe on iTunes and on Stitcher. Rate us, just um, give us your feedback. And if you have any questions, you can email them in to David at questions at yourspiritualbroadcast.com. All one word. The domain, the the website name is exactly the same, where you can find resources, um, links to the books and films that David have mentioned. And obviously also all the shows are listed there. David, any last comments before we sign off? Yes, whatever you do, don't get zombified. Absolutely. Stay away. Yes. Thank you very and much. And don't let people serve you pufferfish instead of... Um, cod, maybe. <laughs> instead of cod. <laughs> <laughs> or, or in your local... Um, what, would you, what are these places called? Your fish and chip shop, you mean? No, raw fish. The oh, Japanese the sushi. The, yeah. Yeah, don't go yes, to you don't, sushi. That's not it's not puffy fish. No, yes. don't ask. For Otherwise, you fish. could end up being a zombified samurai. Mm. <laughs> so it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from him. 